0: Hi and welcome to Yes Please, your go-to podcast for all things sexuality, pleasure, and orgasms. I've named this podcast Yes Please because that's how I want you to feel about all things sex, pleasure, and orgasms, yes please, and more. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here and that you want to learn more about how to experience more shameless pleasure deeper satisfaction, and ecstatic orgasms in your life and sexuality, and I hope to inspire you to feel that you can embrace and celebrate your sexuality all throughout your life journey. This podcast isn't just about sex and sex education, however, it's about so much more. Personal growth, living a radiant and confident and authentic life, radical joy and expression, and general fucking goodness. I'm your host Erica Alsborn and I'm a sexuality teacher and expert sex and birth coach but you can think of me more as your BFF who you love to talk to about sex and all the intimate things you don't feel comfortable talking about with anyone else. I celebrate the vast and diverse human erotic and sexual experience and I embody a deep shamelessness when it comes to sex in all its different expressions. However, having said that, I am a straight, able-bodied, cisgendered woman and in my work I specialize in female sexuality and I work with women with pussies and while I have a broad and liberal approach to sex and a very extensive training, my knowledge is limited by my own lived experience as well as the focus in my professional work but I hope you'll learn lots here with me. Expand your idea of what sex is and can be and mean for you, and even though I'm an expert on this topic, I'm not an authority. Everything I share is always a suggestion, not a must, so take what resonates and leave the rest behind. I'm always open to receiving your constructive feedback, so don't hesitate to reach out if you have any. Okay, hi and welcome again. I'm delighted that you're here, and now let's dive into today's topic. Hi friend, welcome back. I am elated to share this honest, vulnerable conversation with a fellow coach, colleague of mine. We've studied the same uh, program, we've known each other for a few years, we've attended retreats together, and um, yeah, we know each other. There's a history and a beautiful chemistry between me and my beautiful, wonderful uh, guest, Morgan Day Cecil. I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation and to uh, be inspired by the topics that we talk about. Um, So I hope you'll like it. So who is Morgan? Morgan Day Cecil is the creator of the Feminine Wholeness Method, giving women the tools to come home to themselves and embody their soul in the world. Morgan has a master's degree in philosophy and has spent 20 years training in mind-body-spirit methodologies for healing and transformation, including yoga, breathwork, trauma release, hypnotherapy, deep feminine psychology, energy healing, contemplative Christianity, and Tantra. So Morgan and I did the same sex, love, and coaching certification program uh, in 2017, I believe it was. (laughs) Morgan's signature program guides soulful business women through personal and professional metamorphosis so they can make all the love, money, and impact they long to make without betraying their body or soul. She lives in Portland, Oregon with her two kids and husband, the masculine wholeness coach Ron Cecil, and she leads Sophia retreats all over the world. Morgan loves seeing women come to recognize and own their feminine superpowers, and she has a wonderful quiz that you can take. She has an incredible Instagram account, a beautiful website, powerful programs, masterminds, all of the things she's inspired me. I hope she will inspire you, and I hope you will learn something uh, from our conversation, and that it will inspire you to um, dive deeper into getting to know and change potentially, if it's not super supportive, your self image and the way that you think about your sexual identity. All right, enjoy this conversation. I truly enjoyed having it. I hope you will enjoy listening to it. Hi, Morgan. Hi, Erica. I'm so happy to be here. I see your face. Um, I'm happy to see your face. Obviously, people listening don't. Um, but it's such a joy to be here with you. I'm so happy that you said yes to to join. Um, obviously, you and I know the synchronicity of how this happened, and I think there's something really mm-hmm. special about it, how it I do too. Just came to yeah. unfold and so I'm excited about this conversation. Um and for the listener to get to know you a little bit. <laughs> this annoying question. <laughs> 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 Please yeah. tell us a little bit uh, about the work that you do and what brought you there.
1: Yeah. Thank you, America. I'm so happy I'm here with you. I love your red lipstick. It's always something that's just delighted me so much. And so I think I'll start with that. Delight. This yeah. is my spiritual practice and how I see my work in the world is really informed by delight and what that means to relate to delight as a woman. And that's been a journey for me. So helping women embody their soul is really my mission here. And I feel that my soul is full of delight. But for a long time, I was separated from that. I felt very disconnected from that. So just like the two-minute version of my backstory. Um, I I grew up with a mom who really struggled with a lot of unhealed trauma. And so she had depression, anxiety, and me becoming a woman. What I thought it meant to become a woman was to be sad all the time, to be aloof, so I never saw modeled for me, this expression of delight, this owning what lights you up, this, this beautiful, wild, erotic energy. You know, I, I didn't see that modeled. So it was a confusing time because I I felt that deeply in my soul. So alone in my room, it was a safe place for me to dance and play dress dress up. And, and I had pictures of Marilyn Monroe on my wall and unicorns and all the things, right? And so becoming a woman... Uh, was very challenging and I struggled a lot with a lot of the women's issues so in my teens I struggled with body image and I spent a month at an eating disorder clinic in my early 20s I struggled with relationships I dated a lot of toxic men not knowing my worth and ended up single and pregnant and walking through single motherhood alone in my thirties, I found and met and reconnected to an amazing man. He's my best friend and we got married. But interestingly, like that's when sex got really hard. And I, a lot of my old trauma came up. And so we worked through, We worked through that together. And so in my thirties, it was like this frozen feeling this disconnected from my sexuality and also under earning, like as a woman working so hard but not quite understanding how people did it like made six and seven figures. And um, so all of that, I worked through and did a lot of deep work, shadow work. And uh, then my forties, there was this breakthrough and everything was perfect. (laughs)
0: I love (laughs) the
1: rise before the fall you know i was feeling better than ever in my body so sexually alive like more orgasms than i have ever experienced my entire life combined i had a great relationship with my kids i just we spent a month in costa rica together just like that was my dream be able to work anywhere in the world and take my kids to travel with them my husband and i were closer than ever um, my business was booming and it was just beyond the level of success I even ever aspired for. I didn't even know I could achieve that. And then I had a major breakdown. I did not know how to handle that success. I didn't. And then it's like the deepest shadow came up where it's like this history of myself and my mother and her mother. It's just not being able to hold goodness this worthiness and there the pattern of relating to the world from a place of inferiority hmm. and and not really deeply believing i was worthy of what my heart really desired which was a life of true romance and meaningful adventure and then i had it and then it was like who am i to have this yeah yeah and so it was I mean it was a serious breakdown. I'm mean, I I think it's important to talk about our mental health as women especially those of us who are leaders and are seen in the public eye as having our shit together whatever that means. But no, I spent two nights in the psych ward. Like I was not okay and I needed yeah. that like that rock bottom experience and then the journey afterwards which included a 500-mile pilgrimage in the community of Santiago.
0: As it Um, does. As it does, yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, finally doing the things that I had put off. Like, the things, like, I, I really got clear, like, my my soul didn't actually want, need that much from this life, but it really wanted to walk the community de Santiago. <laughs> I don't, I mean, 40,000, 60,000, 80K months. Like, no, she doesn't care about that. She wants to walk the Camino de Santiago. So it was a real sweet returning to the simple delights and listening and honoring, like honoring who I am. And the disorientation that success had brought was actually in many ways more disturbing and confusing than all of the, the struggles with food, with body, with sex, um, because we're, no one really talks about it. And yeah. it's, it was a journey I felt very alone in. Thankfully though, soul is a very good guide, a very trustworthy guide. And so my only, uh, my only direction was to stick close to her and,
0: you know, she made, she carried me through and here we are. Mm. Thank you. Uh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful response. And thank you for opening up and sharing those intimate details of your life. And I think specifically the most recent ones, because I know from personal experience, you know, when you, when you've been on these podcasts and you've been working in this field and coaching, you tell your story over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so not that it becomes a performance, but you kind of desensitize yourself in a way and you see, and you've also, you've healed the trauma. And so you talk about, um, memories without emotional response but more recent ones and ones that feel feel more close to who we are and the identity and the reality of life like what you said a serious breakdown and mental health issues yeah that's sometimes I find it's more challenging and more vulnerable to talk about those things than like the childhood trauma or like the stuff, right? Yeah, um
1: absolutely. It is because and, uh, people do judge and and I think we oh, yeah, that and, we fe- and I definitely f- have feared that but it's more important to me that other women feel less crazy and less alone and it's the both and, right? You can be an amazingly powerful, strong, clear leader and experience the the real consequences of burnout and pressure and not taking care of your body for a long time your your soul and so yeah thank you for acknowledging that i definitely feel it in my body like this is i actually haven't been on a podcast yet where i talked about this struggle huh. so this is thank you for creating the safe space for me to do so because i think it's a really important thing to enter huh. into the fold of the conversation yeah. around
0: womanhood and sexuality and how we see ourselves absolutely and i'm honored that you that you share this with us and with my listeners obviously i don't know exactly who's listening but the people who are listening are amazing. <laughs>
1: it's I, a I good, absolutely, I it's a that good community. Percent.
0: You are amazing. <laughs> um, I also feel it's very validating for me the things that you share, and I didn't know these things about you um, that you've been through this. Uh, I know that your business was taking off, and I was looking at you from. afar from a from afar but like from a distance and celebrating you and really feeling so happy for your business you've inspired me a lot on my business journey as well Mm -hmm. and um but then you know instagram algorithms and stuff like i haven't seen you and you also you said that you've been off instagram for a while but i didn't know and that's usually what happens right we don't know what happens we don't know the lives people live behind the facade the very curated Instagram Mm -hmm. filtered facade. Um, And especially with people that we either look up to or that we have a kind of, in a way, hierarchical relationship with because they're professionals or they're somehow, you know, we pedestal people. Um, And social media is amazing. And I I think it's an an incredible tool and it's brought people closer together, but it's also, and we know this, it has, it has increased mental illness because of the Because of that reason, we don't know the reality and we don't, we don't see, which is one of the reasons why I've been pretty honest and transparent about my own mental health journey. After becoming a mother, I experienced burnout, postpartum depression. Um, and, uh, and I've been talking about it a little, a little bit on my socials and especially in my newsletter as well, of like how I've been, was going to therapy every week for an extended period of time, uh, pretty intense relationship issues. Like, things were fucking rough yes thank you for talking about it yeah I had like one of the most well I would say I had the most severe identity crisis I literally felt like there was a black big hole inside of myself I did not know who I was and no amount of external validation or financial success or number of followers or likes did anything to make me feel better um yeah. And it was it was really uh really rough. So yeah.
1: Well <laughs> no, this that
0: journey is a
1: it's a very we lose our identity and into motherhood or into success or into these other versions of ourselves that maybe we aspired or dreamt of, but now that we're there, we don't have the same reference points. And so it's we're looking for the kind of the feedback loop of who am I? But it's a different environment, both like around us and inside of us. And so it's, I think this is just part of the growth process. This is what I've come to just understand in my own journey. It's like, there's nothing wrong with it. Like we're constantly shedding these old skins and, and learning how to embrace the new. And at the beginning, it, it, I felt like I was doing something wrong, you know, like, why can't I maintain this sense of self, And who I am and this clarity and confidence. And then now the older I get, it's like, oh, here's just another skin for me to shed. And how beautiful this can be when I learn how to be with this process of letting go of who I was and leaning into the mystery of who I'm becoming, because, you know, it's great to have goals and it's great to have a vision, but sometimes it's just, you got to let yourself be taken by
0: soul and be surprised too. Yeah, 100%. And I think this is so applicable and accurate as well when we we think about sexual identity. Yeah. Because you're not the same sexual woman in your 40s that you were when you were in your 20s. But oftentimes we hang on to, consciously or subconsciously, hang Mm -hmm. on to an image of ourselves. When we were young quote unquote beautiful mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. free like yeah, we I didn't think. have the <laughs> the baggage of mm-hmm. whatever emo- emotional baggage relationship baggage we didn't have the amount of responsibility that it means to be an adult and potentially have kids and family and mortgage and all those things yeah. And and then we try to have sex, we try to fit into the same image of yep. ourselves yeah. as when we were 20. And it's literally impossible.
1: It's so yeah, it's such a huge shift. Like the, the sexual creature I was at 20 and the sexual woman I am today. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's like whole different universe. Yeah. And I would say that one of the biggest shifts for me is I, I wasn't aware, but in my entering into sexuality and owning it and having sex and having boyfriends, my experience of myself was very much through the male gaze, imagining what I looked like to him his, through his perception of me. And I saw myself more of an object, and it actually kind of turned me on in that way. And so I don't think there's any right or wrong, but there's something to play with. And I really was limited back then because I didn't know how to just embody my sexuality and own the pleasure that I was seeking, feeling, wanting, and relate to my sexual partner from that I am the center of this universe, too. Like, I, I, mm. this, my sexual experience is centered. And so That was a huge healing for me that opened up so much more room to play because I could also go into like being the object of his desire and seeing myself as and owning that. And I think there's a lot of power in when you can play on both sides. And one of my mantras is whatever you make conscious, you make yours. And so something I love to play with is the, you know, the quote unquote stereotypical bimbo or slut, you know, my boobs up to my chin, the red lipstick, the blonde hair. And I love owning that and taking the power back because there was a time in my sexual history when I performed that and I wasn't aware how I was performing my femininity or my sexuality but now I'm embodied with my own sexuality and so I have a I can
0: wield everything as I choose so speaking of sluts and the slut archetype and how important it is To see yourself as a woman and as a slut, I am popping in with so much excitement with this PSA, this pleasure service announcement, to let you know that my next upcoming course, it's a new course I'm creating, is called Slut Academy. And in that program, we're going to go deep into working with the slut archetype, healing around your desires, arousal and sluttiness, your free, uninhibited, liberated sexuality and desires and pleasure and orgasms. It is going to be absolutely fucking epic. It's going to radically change your life and your relationships, I mean your sexual relationships and also your sexual relationship with yourself. And so if this is something that turns you on or freaks you out, I think you need this. So, definitely sign up for the waitlist. The link is below. The enrollment will open in September and the course will begin in October. And you don't want to miss this. And if you join the first round of the program, you get a very special beta prize. So, what are you waiting for? Click on the link below in the show notes, sign up for the waitlist for Slut Academy, and then let me change your life. (laughs) Haha, so excited to share this with you. hmm mm. Mm. i speak about this a lot in my work as well in my courses and with clients the difference between experiencing yourself as a sexual object or as a subject mm-hmm. in the experience mm-hmm. um and objectifying being objectified like consenting to being objectified can be a massive turn on right totally and yes we we all know that women love attention (laughs) yes
1: embrace that own that
0: (laughs) yes so that's there's a really beautiful aspect of that a really powerful aspect in 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 that and uh it's not wrong to objectify it's not wrong to eroticize or sexualize in fact we need it we need to objectify our partners we need to we need to feel objectified as well, but in a way that feels like we're consenting and it feels yeah. healthy. But we also need to, especially as women, feel like we're not just an, the object, but we're the subject.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Centering uh, ourself, our experience, our body, like being with the body. That was something yeah. that you really modeled for me, Erica, that I will never forget is seeing you in the ecstatic state, being with you, like in person and seeing you so free, shame-free in the ecstatic state and the gift of being able to witness you as you rode through all of the felt sense in your body, including orgasm and grief and anger and bliss. I'll never forget that. That was a Mm. gift to me. And it. Without even needing to teach me, you open up a whole new realm of possibility in a transmission. This is just the freedom that we can do for each other in this space, right? Like So much of what we get to share with each other, give to our clients or receive from coaches and peers is this transmission where because she is the full embodiment of this freedom, I now can step in with more permission, more safety, more just trust. And it's it's just I want to thank you for that.
0: I'm deeply moved, um, almost crying. <laughs> thank you. you. It brings back very very sweet memories. <sighs> uh, and yeah, and the yeah. moment for anyone listening was like. What happened? <laughs> what did you guys do? Did you have sex? <laughs> <laughs> no. Not quite. Not quite. Uh we were uh Morgan and I attended uh, a retreat, a sexual a sexuality retreat. But there was no explicit sexuality in between attendees and no um no sexual exchanges between attendees but we were working with powerful practices and yeah. breathwork. And I believe the moment yeah. you're referring to is when I was demoing breathwork in front of a group.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It was yeah. a sight to behold. It was amazing. Uh, and so when you speak of shame-free sexuality, you are the embodiment of that. You mm-hmm. are through and through.
0: So thank you and for what you've done. Well, Thank you. Uh, your words mean a lot to me. I'm I my I have shivers up and down my my body just feeling feeling um, so so grateful and so moved by um, your wonderful compliments and your your kind words. And the interesting thing, Morgan, is that after becoming a mother, not immediately, but like, and of course it also has to do with <clears throat> experiencing postpartum depression and burnout like that i mean it fucks you up right over yeah. a period <laughs> of time <laughs> yeah. um, yes. but shame came in yeah. and yeah shame came where i had not experienced um like where I, where i had worked through a lot of limitations and blockages and stuff it 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 came back or like it resurfaced or there was residue or whatever it was you know s- stuff came back and it's actually one of the reasons why I, I created my mastermind program shameless and named it shameless was because I was doing it for myself
1: yes that's the most <laughs> beautiful work it's exactly why I named my program embody her soul <laughs> yeah. embody your soul that's the work right? and I think that's the most beautiful teachings and powerful programs is when we are doing the work that we teach actively and we're doing what we need or want and what our soul is here for. So shameless. I'm so curious, Erica, do you see it as a gift now that you got to experience shame and then be able to view it from now you have all the tools and you're able to, yeah. What was that like? And how do you view it now? That experience of returning to shame?
0: I definitely feel like it's a, Like it's would like any negative, challenging um, traumatic experience, you'd rather not have like you'd rather not have experienced it. but since you did, and after a while, you can see how it how it contributed to something that is now valuable or, yeah. um, you know, all I love this quote, all research is me search." Um, and that's usually what you know make people become healers or somehow like poor like passion people who do passion work usually come come from that place right yeah so wounded healer is a powerful powerful yeah yeah so yeah absolutely I think there's um there are some diamonds that have been like forming and shaping under immense amounts of pressure and pain and I feel like I am also now just starting to like really understand it and and um see how how much it had to do with processing a lot of the um like becoming a mother and how that changed my image my priorities my experience of my body breastfeeding all of that and literally like not having any guidance or modeling like like yourself like just what you said like how do we how do we maintain that sexual identity that self-image yes of the self as sexual and erotic and um and feel really celebratory and really good and and powerful around that and i found that not initially but eventually there was inner conflict and uh and and blockages right energetic emotional blockages
1: yes Mm. how how i experience what you're describing just this like when you are in a different season of life and you have a different identity and i've gone through this and motherhood was a huge unraveling for me and a uh, wow, my, I lost my identity completely. And, um, and then I had to recreate her and discover who I am and who I wanted to be. Um, and I could say more about that journey. Cause I was a single mom. I wasn't planning on getting pregnant. And it was, so it was a very sudden shift in identity that it terrified me. And that loss of self, the work around self-image in women, I think is so powerful because we don't realize how we are shedding identities all the time in small ways. Like our ego is constantly dying and being reborn, but there are certain images of womanhood that are seared into our collective consciousness or our cultural conditioning. And it's really takes, I think a lot of inner work and a lot of connection to soul to be able to create a new frontier of womanhood for yourself, a new identity of what sexy means or sexuality means, if it doesn't map onto what our culture celebrates as this is the sexual woman, and this is what it means to be sexually attractive, sexually alive, and it's brave work to let that go, to redefine it for yourself from a very present place and not having any models, or a lot of us didn't have role models, our mothers didn't get a chance to do this work, to do the shadow work, to reclaim what was repressed, stolen, taken. We're doing that now. And so it's super exciting in a lot of ways, but I know it's also terrifying because we we are the pioneers in a lot of ways, or we've been disconnected from the women who did that before us. And there's been a gap. Yeah. And so it almost feels like we're beginning again of learning how to fully own ourselves as yeah. sexual, spiritual beings and to be able to do it in our own unique ways and celebrate the differences. And yeah, so I just, yes, I I feel you deeply. And I'm so curious about the gems and the diamonds that you learned through your process, because it's sharing the processes is what we, I appreciate so much about hearing women's stories is tell me about the processes that you took yourself through, whether it's uh, the the mental intellectual things shifts that you reframes that you made, or the embodiment side of things, or the spiritual side of things, like anyway, I know I'm not the podcast host and I'm not a <laughs> <having> no idea, <laughs> of like, like questions for
0: you, Morgan, you're taking over the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would I will share about my process, but first I want to hear a little bit about your work around self image because I find that so fascinating, and that's why. You know, one of the things I really loved about your work was when you started to really boldly post about it, yeah. about um, like selfies and how you talked about really how, how you see yourself, how important that is for how yeah. you then experience yourself, um, how that impacts how you see yourself and then how you act, how yes. you behave, how yes. so much comes from literally what you see when you like when you look at yourself
1: yes well fun fact about self-image folks our identity is our strongest psychological force like we the need to remain consistent with how we see ourselves is the strongest psychological force within us so this is why we we experience so much of what we experience, like going around the same merry-go-round, like the hamster wheel, because we have these conscious desires and goals. And then we have these unconscious relationships to ourself. That is, there's a big disconnect and the, the unconscious self-image, we're going to stay loyal to that because it's safe and familiar. But when we're trying to grow and step into these more expansive identities that include pleasure, that include abundance, that include ease, there's, we can't do it without work around our self-image and how we see. So my journey into that also begins actually in motherhood when I was a single mom. And like I said, it was not planned and it was very sudden. And I did not feel prepared in so many ways. I wasn't ready for motherhood. I wasn't choosing it. I was still very much trying to figure out who I am. And I would say that's also like part of my soul's thing, you know. It's like, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Like since I was a teenager, I love that question. It's like the shield of the, the adolescence when we're going into poetry and emo and feeling all of our feelings and all of that. I, I mean, I carry that well into my twenties, like that question and that that adventure. So when I got pregnant and I knew clearly, like I, this was a journey for me to cho- to choose and say yes to there was a huge identity crisis because part of my identity was, this is what made me feel worthy and safe was how I was seen through the eyes of a man as attractive. I fit the cultural norm of what it meant to be an attractive woman. But then when I got pregnant, my body started changing. It started changing in really scary ways. And because I had already had the eating disorder and the body issues in my teens, it brought up so much so much trauma, unworthiness, insecurity, and I felt out of control. I felt disqualified from the life of my dreams. I didn't know what my body was becoming. I, I, I felt betrayed by my body in a lot of ways. I felt obviously rejected by the father and by the world. And so there was uh, months in my pregnancy from month five to month seven or eight, where it was a very dark experience. And the turning point for me was picking up my camera. And I had been a photographer before that. I loved playing dress up. I love with all my friends. I was like, I'm going to make you feel like you should be on the cover of Vanity Fair. I'm going to do the Annie Leibovitz photo shoot for you. You know, you're a college student, but here you are. Now you're a celebrity. I see you in that way. So I loved doing that for my friends and for myself. But I had stopped taking any pictures because I had felt so ugly, ashamed of my body, what was happening to me, who I was as a woman. So the turning point for me is when I, I actually put on a Marilyn Monroe wig because I love Marilyn Monroe. And I put on this, um, moo type dress and I picked up a gallon of ice cream, chocolate ice cream, and I started taking self portraits. And in that process, I was reclaiming who I am all of it, all of me through. And what helped me get there was actually donning this other identity. And that's why I think playfulness is so important for the reclamation of our feminine and our wholeness, is when we're so attached to one particular version of ourselves, it's too small. And so putting on another identity helps expand it again. And I love working with archetypes, and my programs are helping women activate and embody these archetypes because this is a gateway back to our self, back to our wholeness. So there I was having so much creative fun. And when I looked at the photos, I saw a woman who was goofy and glamorous and worthy and so lovable, so imperfect and so lovable, so beautiful. So really it was for me this tool of self-reclamation coming home to myself on my terms, being able to define who I am, that I get to be all the things. I get to be a mother and I get to be sexy. I get to be goofy and I get to be glamorous. And this was a huge process for me of understanding my journey and uh, my healing. Like I go back to it again and again whenever I'm in a process of unraveling certain identities I go back to the self-portrait practice and this is why I teach it as a form of art therapy and, if, and how we can up level because we can use self-portraiture selfies as a way to both heal the parts of us that have been Um, deeply wounded and harmed by other women that say like we can reclaim the slut in us like i for one was called a slut in high school and part of this like owning thatness was like a way of healing and taking that back and so um, or maybe it's the rejection from the mother the lack of praise we got from the feminine in our life like maybe we weren't told we were beautiful maybe we weren't looked at with these eyes that glittered when we walked into the room and so we never felt special so we can use the camera and literally the powers in our hands to be able to heal these parts of us that are deeply in need of being seen and recognized and honored. And we can also use the camera as a way to step into our future self, like the woman, like we decide we're becoming. And it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what happened in the past. It doesn't matter our history or our our what we carry from our ancestors like we are conscious beings and we get to decide in this present moment who we want to become and to be able to visually see that is incredibly powerful and so i help women marry this process with affirmations so you're getting so much more out of it because a picture is worth a thousand words and you got to embody the thing and that's what happens when you play dress up and you work with the poses and you get to see yourself and not even just see, but it's the whole sensory experience. Like your body is moving in a certain way. Let's say I'm taking a woman through the seductress to be able to reclaim this soulful seductress in her. And I'm teaching her how to move in a certain way, which angles to shoot from and how to pose and what to do with her hands and what to do with her face. All of that then becomes this like your nervous system gets that experience and it's yours, it belongs to you. And I think it's so important that we see lots of images of all different kinds of women, all ages, all sizes, all cultural backgrounds, because we need that. Well, If we're only seeing the same thing again and again and again, we're going to get the message unconsciously that we don't belong, we don't deserve to be seen. And I Hmm. think that's what the power of social media is in a lot of ways, but it takes a lot of courage to get there to begin to be more visible. And this is why I love helping women just become so visible and choose themselves and be able to get over the blocks of fear of what other people think or say, and just do it anyway, because the gift that they're giving to their soul is huge. But then the gift that they're giving to all of all of us, women, all of womanhood, is equally huge and so yeah i could talk about this for days and days and days erica
0: (laughs) i love it i love listening to you i love feeling the the passion and the the deep conviction the embodiment the embodied truth around uh, behind your words and um And like I said, I, for one, was really excited when you started working with and talking about photography and selfies in that way. Um, Also, because I had been doing that for a really long time and I'd never seen someone talking about it in that way. Um, I thought when I was in like, when I was younger, I thought it, it came from a place of vanity. Right. Yeah. And then shallowness and, and hearing when you talked about it and I saw how you used it actively in your work, I realized that it was actually I was doing something else, like there was a deeper yeah. practice behind yeah. it. Yes. And this very stereotypical quote like beauty's in the eye of the beholder, but it's so important that you become the beholder of your own beauty.
1: Yes. The beholder you yeah. I sorry yeah. I don't want to cut you off, but the, that is a really important theme. So we become what we behold. This is a, yeah. we, so to understand that when we behold something, we are taking it in with our body. We are not just looking at it and analyzing it with our mind, but this is what's so powerful about the spiritual practice of the icons. And when we, people, there's so much misunderstanding for, you know, so much misunderstanding around selfies and vanities, I want to talk about that too. But then just what it means to be able to meditate on an icon, and you get to choose what that is, but we're beholding and we're, it's another form of a transmission. So it's a powerful process that our body and our spirit understands. This is how we map onto ourselves a new possibility. And what you were doing was much bigger than that. And I know that people, the, the easiest thing to think is that she's so vain. She must love herself so much. Like I had a client once who began working at, at the end of VIP level and she was so excited. And she showed her mom, like my, <laughs> my Instagram account. And she shared with me that her mom says, hmm, she sure loves herself. <laughs> and just like, just like, she sure loves the way she looks like, Oh, doesn't she? So the idea of vanity, like it's it always confused me. And maybe you can relate to this, Erica, because we were doing something. This is such a deeper process. And I think a lot of women drawn to taking selfies. There is an intuitive process going on that has nothing to do with vanity. For me, I never related to that because I wasn't necessarily trying to be me in front of the camera. I was interested in trying on different personalities. I felt like what I was capturing was womanhood. And I didn't Mm. identify it necessarily as that's my breast or my legs or my face or my hair. I just it it, it didn't experience it like that. It was more like mm-hmm. I get to be an artist and I'm using my body, my shape, my costumes of wigs and heels and all the things and makeup as a canvas. And this is I relate to my selfies the same way as a painter would relate to his painting or a musician would Relate to their music. It's like, no, there's something else going on. Like, this is a process of discovery. It's a creative process. It's, yeah,
0: I don't know. Do you relate to that? I do. And I think what comes up for me is if you can do that with yourself in a creative flow state, in a sacred way, whatever quality you bring into it, if you can do that with yourself, then you bring the same spirit and the same capacity to. Be like to transform yourself into a sexual experience into the bedroom because what what is eroticism if not that? Yes, right.
1: You trust this creative this moment to moment eruption of like ooh what lights me up here like let's explore that like let's go with this.
0: Yeah, and your erotic self, like your erotic sense of self, is not the same as your operational analytical like sense of self who does the things and uh, you know it it's a completely different kind of space it's a trance state that mm-hmm. you're in and you need to in in that place your well your eroticism is supported by your ability to be flexible and transform and be seen and express yourself in these ways where mm-hmm. all of a sudden your arm looks like artistically beautiful erotically enticing and the light Mm -hmm. on your arm and the sweat and the glimmer and the your eyes and like all of a sudden when you're in an erotic like trance state you're seeing things completely different and it looks kind of like art in a way and it's yeah and so I think it has a really powerful and that's how I used to play with it and still do is eroticizing myself and seeing, and sometimes I used uh, a camera. Like way back, I used to get like this was when like this is twenty years ago, right? I used yeah, to get so yeah. c- creative with my little like I had a digital camera, like how to yeah. place it and like the angle and stuff like that. It was so yes. fun. Um, but these days, it's so convenient with the with the with the phones that you have. <laughs> but even if I'm not using a camera, it's like me me and myself in a mirror. Yes me yeah. myself right mm-hmm. and the mirror yeah. and to see like what comes out and um and sometimes you know looking myself in the eyes is like I'm not looking myself in the eyes I'm looking there's another there's ah. another being there's another creature who responds who wakes up oh, and that so and that creature like the slut creature the slut inside of me she's not Eric like she's like an entirely different piece of consciousness and aliveness Mm -hmm. and power and and i can like it's she switches on and i have to let her come out or you know so it it is um i i completely understand the work that you do and um and i i know the power of it and
1: And it relates to Um, wholeness. I mean, this is can I say something about the vanity piece before we move on? Because it's yes, I actually like don't want to demonize vanity and I and I Hmm. don't want to demonize women who are like, yes, like I look beautiful and I know it or I love seeing myself. And so one thing that really struck me, and I it was a meme that went around a couple years ago, it really reframed this for me. It's like when When a woman's body, whether it's a sculpture or a painting, is up on a wall painted by a man, like we just celebrate the beauty and the artistry of the the artist and the beauty of what he created. You put that same image and you put a selfie in the woman's hand, where she's beholding herself. She's delighting in herself. And suddenly we see this as a woman who is vain. And so just the, the power of like, who gets to delight in our beauty? If not us, then who? Like really, we're giving yeah. our power away all the time when we allow other people to, to comment on us, delight in us, or judge us. But we, we get to delight in ourselves. We get to find what is beautiful. And this is one of the beginning practices I always teach women. It's like, when you take your selfies, you're going to delete them with dignity. And appreciate the fact that it took a lot of courage for your body to be seen, for your whole self to be seen. So when you delete the ones you don't like, you don't have to like all the photos. You don't have to like any of the photos. But when you delete them, delete with dignity. And on the way out the door, when it goes back into the, the cyber trash can, wherever it goes, like, pay attention to one thing that you acknowledge is beautiful. Yeah, and let that be the practice of retraining our eyes of taking the power back. And this relates to our wholeness. because my, my work isn't just in the realm of self portraiture. It's but this is a tool that we use to access our wholeness as yeah. well. And how I see wholeness is this ability, this capacity to be with all these different states, identities, feelings emotions desires and be able to ride through it all and arrive back home Mm. to re-navigate in this present moment and that's what's so beautiful and so exciting about life is when we become so capable of abiding in the present moment we don't have to know what to say next we don't have to know what happens next but we can trust that there is a priestess inside of us that can wield every moment to create generative outcomes Like create magic with another human being or with yourself and so yeah there's so much to this that's
0: yeah <laughs> I love it. I, I love your perspective and the clarification around vanity and I think it's so spot on you know when it's not transactional and the like the sender is not a man but it's actually it's more like a, a fountain like I'm beautiful for myself it goes nowhere yes. but into myself yes. I am a lighthouse that that shines because it feels fucking amazing. And also because it's inevitable because I'm orgasmic inside, I'm lit up, like there is someone home. Then all of a sudden it's like, ew. (laughs) Or like, who does she think she is? Who does she think she is?
1: Exactly.
0: You know, I'm talking about this in a different episode, like how to actually deal with attention that you get when you start feeling that way. Mm Mm-hmm. But also how to like heal the wound with other women because they will they will be yeah. triggered and they will yeah. have opinions and they will feel activated by what is yeah. then considered like vanity or attention yeah. seeking. And I always say like let her seek attention.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Maybe yeah. You know, not let her to do have, with you. Yeah. Let let her have it. There is so
0: much attention on this planet. There's (laughs) literally enough for everyone.
1: (laughs) I love that. Yes. It goes back to what you make conscious, you make yours. Like, I want to empower women not to be afraid of, maybe they do have a desire to seek attention, to be vain and all that. Make it yours. Own it. Make, Make it completely conscious and be unapologetic about it. And there's... You can tell in your body, Like sometimes my clients ask me, well, how do I know if I'm doing this for me and this is healthy and something that's going to be good for me, or if it's something that's actually going to hurt me? Because we do know that selfies and attention seeking, that can actually harm too, when it depends on how we're doing it. And it's really clear, like the indication is in your body. Like, Do you feel the expansiveness like, or do you feel that icky contraction? And would you feel cut off from your soul or do you feel connected to soul? And the more time you spend with soul, and that comes through solitude, time in nature, journaling, there's lots of ways to connect with soul, but you, it'll become so clear in your body what is life-giving to you and what is harmful to you. And you don't need anyone else making a comment on it because if it's truly life-giving for you the whole world can tell you you're vain selfish like modeling bad behavior for the youth and but you know i'm thinking about that because i'm a mother i'm a mother to a 10 year old and i have had i've had mothers say to me i'm ashamed of the work that you're doing you should be ashamed of yourself for having daughters and you know the damage that sexy selfie does to a woman's my mental health and it's a Yes, I do know. And this is why I want to give her the power. Because just like money or just like sex. Those two things can also be ruinous to a woman's soul. Give her the power though. Respect her enough to wield that force and make it her own. Like, don't just deny her that world. So that's my, I could do a whole nother podcast on that <laughs> raising daughters, but yeah, yeah this, is, this is powerful stuff that we're working and women are, women can be trusted with it. that's one thing I want to just leave with because I know we're out of time. It's like coming home to yourself is about learning to trust what lights you up and letting other women be on that journey too. We don't need to police each other. You can absolutely trust another woman with her journey of coming home to herself and what lights her up. And the more you just celebrate what's going on in you, and get free from the shadows and the things that you're judging in yourself and in others. Like, wow, like we can move really fast as a collective of womanhood and create a new kind of womanhood where there is so much freedom and playfulness and erotic bliss and discovery and, and money too, because it all flows through. So the trust in ourselves, trusting what lights us up, giving other women permission and the space to do that
0: too is really important. Thank you, Morgan. I have one final question, if you have time. Yes, I would love it. Okay, cool. Um, How do you support women, or what do you say to women who come into this work around self-image or has issues with body image because they don't fit the stereotypical like beauty narrative, the very narrow, ideal beauty narrative and image that we have that is constantly, well, it's changing a little bit, finally, but that has been very strongly like dominating the media spaces, m- marketing, modeling, like these uber skinny models. And what do you say and how do you support women who don't look like that? And also as we age, like I had a kid, yeah. I'm whiter. I'm yes. like the composition of my body has changed. Yeah. Boobs are not looking the same. Like all of those very real things that women experience. Um, how How does this work? apply to them or like, what's there? Yes, it's a really good question. And the way I,
1: I go about it is it's about the soul and being able to come home to your soul and see that what you're doing for yourself and your own healing is actually way bigger than you. It's being a part of a new kind of womanhood So, the clients that come to me, they're in their 60s and 70s. They don't feel like they, they never felt like they could own their sexuality because maybe they grew up in purity culture or religious conditioning that separated themselves from it. And now they're wanting to own it, but they're like, but I missed the boat. Like, I don't look like that. I don't look like what it, you know, no, this is more important than ever that you connect what you're doing for yourself to the bigger movement out there and see that if you as a woman are so selfless and they want to help others. And so I kind of use that to the benefit here. I'm like, do this for, next generation if you don't have the courage to do this for yourself um do this because you are a pioneer like you are a Joan of Arc like you're doing the scary thing leading out in spaces that there isn't uh there isn't a lot of applaud yet or there isn't a lot of safety yet and so what you're doing is incredibly powerful and of course this goes like how do we create a nervous system that can handle being a front runner right if you are I know that is really important of learning how to hold safety in the body, create your own embodied safety. And so that is the next step. So after we connect, the fact that what they're doing on the soul level is so much bigger than just looking hot on a date night and being able to go bra less at the grocery store because that's what she wants to do. It's actually connected to all women everywhere, feeling worthy of who they are, feeling beautiful, being seen. And so that's step one. Step two, okay, now let's go to the body and create embodied safety. So you have the capacity at the nervous system level to hold the charge coming at you because you're right. There's no guarantees that you're going to be celebrated and the internet can be a cruel place. So how can we prepare you? And you don't have to post anything on the internet. That's another thing you can, Oh, you can just do this for you. And that would be a sidestep there. Make your room filled with selfies. Like make, I teach women how to make little icon books of themselves and Create little objects, whether it's a coaster or a poster, where it's you, you're seeing your image in the way that you decide It's beautiful, you love it, and you're seeing it again and again, and that can just be in your space. And maybe that helps you take the next step of being visible online, or maybe you never have to be showing yourself your selfies like that online. It depends on what your soul goal is, but this is, I, I take women through the same process, no matter what kind of their goal is. And it's always begins in the heart and connecting to soul and getting clear because that is going to give you the resilience that nothing else can. Like, you know, when you are connected to your soul and what she is here for, like, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Like, there's such clarity and confidence that comes through that. So, that's where we begin. And then we go to the body where it's okay. Now, let's create safety in the nervous system. How do we create? Like, how do we help you to self regulate and become really masterful at noticing your energy shifts? And coming back home to center where it's calm and safe. And then thirdly, we go to the mind where let's be strategic about this. Now, how can we refine this? So the way that you're showing up in the world is actively meeting the goals that you have, that your soul goals have. And we can use all sorts of mindset work and meditations to then help those goals. But if we try to go that first, it never sticks. It doesn't work. So people wonder, like, why isn't manifestation working for me? Or why don't affirmations work for me? Or, okay, let's, it's because we need the right order of things. And so in the feminine wholeness method, I call it the trinity of feminine wholeness and it's head, heart, and honeypot. And we begin in the heart, which is soul. Then we go to that honeypot, which is body, our sexuality, our safety. And then we go up to the head, which is a whole different journey because our world teaches us to be in our head and stay in the head and yeah. we're cut off from so many resources. I mean, I love the mind and I want women to befriend their mind. I don't want them to hate their head, you know, but it's, it's learning that you have so many more resources within you resources that give you access to your wholeness. And there's a way to unlock this just like there are sequences in nature that unlock things in a certain order. When a woman unlocks this in a certain order for herself, it be the journey becomes way more graceful, way more useful ways, more playful. So that's what I help women do.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you do. And the work that you do is important. It's uh, very inspiring. And, uh, and it changes lives. So thank you for doing this. Thank you so much, Erica, for having me. This is such a Beautiful conversation
1: and I could go on and on and on. And I would love to hear so much more from your journeys. I guess I'll just have to load up my podcast with all of your episodes to go on walks with you. <laughs> yeah,
0: you'll hear about my diamonds in different episodes and um, I'm thinking you might have to come back so we can talk more about this and also about some other things that we didn't have time to cover today. But um, thank you so it, much for, for t- they, yeah, I'm happy to hear that. Thank you so much for taking the time and for talking about this And uh, yeah, this is so much fun. So much fun. Thank you so much. Thank you to all the listeners too. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, my friend, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you learned something new today or that I reminded you of something you already knew or do and that you feel inspired and encouraged to prioritize sex, pleasure, and orgasms in your busy life. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and give it a rating or review so this important message can reach more people on this planet. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time.